Hello, it's Rob here. Welcome to the first Jazz Podcast album preview, a series of monthly standalone episodes separate from the main show. These are all about a specific album rather than a person. They won't come on a regular day or time, so make sure you subscribe to the Jazz Podcast so you don't miss an episode. This month is all about Andy Scott and Group S, Ruby and All Things Purple, with me, Dan, and the evil genius behind the album, Andy Scott. And what I love about that sex bomb arrangement is that only Gwillem could possibly have thought that up. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's so inventive. It's so creative. And um, just brilliantly scored, you know, for everyone in the band. Fantastic. And it's always lovely with the first time you play a new piece of music. And that's almost, in a way, the most exciting thing about it, that first time you hear something. Yeah, it's lovely. The story is that he originally wrote this for a, for a concert um, of Welsh number ones, and then he realised it only ever made it to number two, and it was pulled from the concert. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was scored for orchestra uh, <laughs> as well. I would love to have heard that. But um, yeah, yeah, it made number two apparently in the charts. That's hilarious. And then we managed to claim it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Group, group S has benefited from it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some unbelievable guitar playing on this album. You can hear James Pusey there playing the melody and uh, Lawrence Cottle on bass as well, who obviously is perfect for this kind of playing. So, Andy, tell us about your thoughts on the team selection for this album. Well, I think it's come about through sort of long-standing musical relationships and friendships, really. Uh, there are some people in the group. I mean, the group started in 1994. Um, uh, Ian Kroll, artistic director at Band on the Wall in Manchester, the great venue there. Uh, he approached me and said, listen, believe it or not, he said, can you start a large saxophone group with rhythm section? And we want to get some funding together and get you to write some music and do a CD. And some of the people involved in that first project, um, you know, still in the band, Rob Buckland, Mike Hall, John Helliwell as well. So, it, and you know, it's it's uh, people I know because I've known them that long uh, and know how they play or have some idea of how they play and etc. I can I can write specific parts for them within the ensemble, which I I, I really like that challenge. And Ian Ballamy was on that original album. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I, I like that you've done this uh, eighteen for Sopranino bass sax and drum kit. Is kind of like Ian's spirit lives on as it was his suggestion originally. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, actually. I mean, Ian did a couple of gigs with us and did the um, CD, and, of course, it was amazing having someone of his calibre on board. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he said, look, you've got Sopranino saxophone right down to bass saxophone. Yeah, it's a very unusual lineup, obviously. Um, and he said, why don't you take those two, two extreme saxophones and get them playing a duet? So... And, you know, years and years later, I don't know if other people find this, but sometimes a thought comes into my mind of, or a flashback of something someone said or a little thing like that. And this was, you know, 15 years later. And uh, I ended up making it into a trio. So Rob Buckland plays Sopranino, Jim Fieldhouse on bass sax, but with Elliot Henshaw on drums. 
and um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty quirky, I suppose. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that there's a bit where there's like the highest note on the sopranino and the lowest note on the bass? <laughs> that was um, actually. Is that just that a was... rumor? No, well, no, I really, <laughs> yeah, it's something going around on the street. <laughs> uh, no, so not for that piece, actually, but uh, I did write a piece about 15 years ago for the group, and I did find, what, I think, one note that everybody could play, um, right at the bottom of Sopranino and high up on the bass sax, and everyone in the group could oh, play that, and you get cool. this weird sort of timbrel effect going on around the group so but that's part of it it's exploring colors yeah you know it's, it, it, this might sound a bit crazy but in, in one way it's a bit like a brass band you get a british brass band and the sound is so homogenous uh apart from the bass trombone but it's so homogenous and you get that with the saxophone family as well yeah uh so you can you can really look into exploring colors and sounds and with my background with sort of contemporary classical, I wouldn't call myself a jazzer or a, or, or a particularly good improvising musician. But I'm, I'm, you know, I think through playing different styles of music and being brought up with them, it's coming out in my writing, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and then I can get amazing players on board, um, like Gwilin, like Christoph Urbanski, Simon Willis-Groff, John Heliwell, Mike Hall, to take on the sort of improvising uh, within the charts. Well, speaking of your compositional skills, let's check out a bit of Tin Can. I absolutely love this tune. Thank God, I thought all this talk of the saxophone had once and for all done it for you. <laughs> no, no, I'm still here. So you're a renowned man with a slight distaste for the saxophone, Dan. So do you I, think... I mean, distaste, um, yeah, I, I, that's, I guess that's the right word. <laughs> you're, a, you're, a man, you're a man with taste. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think, Dan, this album is going to change anything for you? In terms of... Um, my outlook on life or my outlook on the saxophone? In terms of it being a large ensemble of saxophones, yeah. Specifically. I mean, uh, just that sentence alone would probably switch me off from pressing play. But since you're on it, Rob, uh, I, I will give it a listen. Fantastic. Well, that's good news for me. I was, I was kind of hoping Andy, when he was listing, you know, those lists of amazing improvisers, was going to put you in there, but... Um, I, I know, I have noticed yeah. that I'm kept off of a lot of the... Maybe um, we could press. overdub... Just uh, overdub it. I'll do that later. Yeah. It will be very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Andy, you were but, just talking uh, about... Uh, sorry, uh, go on, uh, Sorry, I was going to say, though, I did, I did listen to Sex Bomb, and I did really enjoy it. There you um, go. So, yeah, all is, all is not lost. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So it's almost too late, Dan. It's too Come late. late. Well, <laughs> deep down, I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rob likes to censor what I say, so I don't know if that will make the cut. You might just get like a raving review. <laughs> so, all is not lost. <laughs> um, Andy, you were saying about when this band started in, was it 95? Yeah, 94, 95, somewhere around there. And this is only the third album. Mm. So obviously you can really hear a massive progression as they're 10 and then 11 years apart, these CDs. Um and obviously, if you, like me, have kind of listened to them all, it's really fascinating. It's kind of, as you, I suppose you say this is the third album. This is the first one where it's named Group S. Mm. Um, and it's kind of, I guess, that reflects the way the music has changed and the playing styles have changed. And Yeah, that's right. I mean, initially, uh, starting off in the mid-90s, and um, it was just Sax Assault, the, the previous name of it, seemed appropriate at the time, but... And it was bigger yeah. then, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It started off as um, 12 saxes in rhythm section. There now it's down. nine. Like, that's something else you could definitely... Uh... That's a bonus, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> By 2040, that would just be me. Yeah. <laughs> I can live in hope. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, it, it was ch- it's the different influences of music. So um, what I'm trying to do and hopefully just in a sort of organic way and not contrived way, is try and, try and take elements of contemporary classical, you, you know, I've got a lot of experience of that, playing that style of music with the Apollo Sax Quartet and commissioning uh, new music uh, with that group. And just bringing that in um, alongside, you know, funk, jazz, um, etc. And then finding a way, it's a bit like a jigsaw then, of featuring, getting that balance between improvising and written material. And um, it's fun. It's hard work, but it's fun. It's a great challenge. And yeah. um, I'm just delighted because with the quality of players on this CD and their friends and, you know, I'm just, um, I'm full of admiration for people who can just construct a really great solo and with the improvising, as I am with some of the stunning sort of, virtuosity from people like Rob Buckland and Jim Fieldhouse on the written material. Yeah. There's a great balance on this album because you can hear everyone um, featured at various points and yet it doesn't feel like a sort of mismatch of ideas, you know? I guess good to know. Like you say, because everyone knows each other and people that have joined the band since its formation are kind of selected, like either ex-students of you, I think there's maybe three or four people in the band who were taught by you at some point and that kind of keeps the whole thing sounding in like the appropriate sound world i guess yeah and i well i also i i think that's it it's the sort of background to the players it needs players in that group who have an, a real understanding of these different styles and i think practically everyone in the band has been through some kind of classical uh music training as it were yeah you know um so and and it just I, i'm not saying you have to have that of course but it, 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 I think it just helps if we're all on the same sort of um, wavelength in terms of how we want to change the sound and approach at times and sort of timbral effects and dynamics, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that bugs me most is playing like... It doesn't bug me, but I love yeah. that you've got your four pillars of your sax quartet in there. But obviously, <laughs> you know, Rob Buckland's such a such a hard ass for tuning that mm. you can't you can't relax that you can't let your guard down for a split second or it's it's curtains 
Yeah, I mean, Rob's, Rob's, I mean, everyone in the band says it's interesting, but everyone says, oh, yeah, Rob's the one who can actually play play the saxophone itself the best, <laughs> you know, in terms of technique and approach. Well, he's, and he's renowned for it with his teaching as well. He's built up an incredible saxophone department at the uh, Royal Northern College. Yeah, he reminds me of Anakin Skywalker in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I've got a terrible thing to tell you, Rob. Yeah. But I'm I I've never been interested in Star Wars. A bit like Dan, <laughs> bit like Dan with the saxophone. I'm, I have, I have no interest whatsoever in Star Wars. Oh my God! When you said I've got something interesting to tell you, I thought it was going to be like Rob. I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob is considering cutting this uh, new segment right now. <laughs> you've told him that. I mean, I I don't mind. I'm not. I, I like Star Wars, but it uh, it doesn't bother me. But Rob will be hurt. Yeah, Andy will be really I, hurt. At best, average. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crikey. Well, this has been an incredibly illuminating experience. Let's, um, let's finish things <laughs> off with my all-time favourite. I first heard this track uh, maybe 11 years ago now at Band on the Wall. And um, when I realised that it wasn't on an album at the time, I was gutted to want to listen to it more. But then, of course, getting the chance to actually... Um, hear it now it's been worth the wait so this last tune is this named after your daughter Andy it is indeed Rob it was when she was three or four years old yeah you know how kids get into especially girls get into a colour everything has to be normally it's it's pink at that age I know it's stereotypical but it is for a reason but it, what, everything with her was purple but just before you play it, Rob, of course I've got to say, mm-hmm. you know, the CD is only the CD it is because you wrote one track. Oh, uh, yeah. Through their little glass box, I think sing, it should be mentioned. It should definitely be, if for no other reason, Dan, that I wrote it for you. I know about that, yeah, you told me. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, read the, if you buy the album, which comes out on... I'm going to have to edit this slight pause out. If you buy the album which, oh crap, I still can't find the date. Andy, when's the album come out? Friday the 17th of March. Beautiful. If you buy the album, which comes out Friday the 17th of March, you can read my sleeve notes through the, it's my love letter to Dan. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, the whole thing feels to me like a love letter to the saxophone. I've always thought of this album that way. Mm, mm, I like that, Rob. You know, because you've, uh, you've incorporated as many different aspects of the entire instrument as possible and sort of brought it all together you know if there's only one album to listen to 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 understand what the sax is all about then then frankly i can't think of anything better than this and that's not just because my tune's on it are you getting a percentage of sales rob <laughs> um no as far, andy told me no one was getting paid for any of oh, this okay. <laughs> no 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 Absolutely. Well, it's a lie. It is a lie, actually, Rob. I must tell you. <laughs> I mean, everyone apart from you is getting paid. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry I mean, to break the news. Uh, uh, I, I'm not at all alarmed or surprised. I think I was on <laughs> some kind of outreach program. Um, you know. Anyway, so just before we go, yes, this show has been all about Ruby and all things purple. It comes out on Friday. Um, it's on Basho Records, so how can we buy it? Can we just Google it? I guess that would be great. Just go to the Basho Records um, website. It's there. And uh, just want to thank Christine Allen at Basho and Dan Patton as well. 
I'm uh, very pleased to be in such great company there. But yeah, and it's also available on, on my website, uh, andyscott.org.uk. Well, Andy, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to sit and um, chat about the upcoming CD. I'm looking forward to um, becoming a huge deal on the saxophone scene. <laughs> thank, thank, you, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Dad, as well. Oh, pleasure. Great. All right, here you go, people. Ruby and all things purple. I'd also like to thank on behalf of Andy and everyone in Group S, Barbara Thompson and John Heisman, who play a track that make a wonderful musical contribution to this album. And as we recorded at their studio, without them, this album probably wouldn't exist. Sex bomb, sex bomb, you're a sex bomb. You can give it to me when I need to come along. Sex bomb, sex bomb, you're my sex bomb. Baby, you can turn me on. Do 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 do